Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Welcome, everyone, to You Know I'm Right, right here on the Double G Sports Radio Network. And, Joe, we have a very special guest here. And let's see if our audience members can guess who he is. I'll read off some of his background here. He is all over the place. You can't miss him if you turn on your TV. He's a host for NHL Network. He's the fantasy expert for that other pregame show on CBS Sports Network. You'll catch him on Change Up on the Zone if there is a baseball season. He's doing various other on-air roles with MLB Network, Sirius XM Sports. He hosts the Virtual Ring, which is a really great show right now. He's doing calling the shots during quarantine. And I think what he's most proud of would maybe be the fact that he does a great job as the program coordinator for Hofstra's Continuing Education Sports Journalism Program. You've seen him all over the place. He's been nominated for multiple New York Emmy Awards for his work as a play-by-play announcer and host. And Joe, I know you've had uh, some personal interactions with, with this man. Yes, I have. Once uh, in Secaucus, I met him in the commissary. I don't know if he remembers that. Hopefully, I'll be able to jog his memory. And also, I do have some experience working for CBS Sports Network on 57th Street. Uh, I don't think I ever met him there, but that is my old stomping grounds. Uh, I know those places very well. It is my pleasure to introduce Keith Irizarry to the show. Keith, what's up, man? How you doing? Amazing. That was an awesome list of my, my resume. I appreciate that. That was, that was a lot of fun just to listen. And I do appreciate you guys mentioning uh, the stuff that I do with Hofstra as well, because it is uh, one of the more important things, I think. You know, obviously, my, my own jobs and, and career is great, but the fact that I'm able to give back and kind of help the, the next group and the next crop of broadcasters has been really awesome for me over the last, I guess, wow, I'm going on, I think, seven years at, uh, as, as running that program now. Yeah, I see you've been doing some great stuff, getting you know various other on-air talent to come speak to the kids, such as SR Kenny Albert. And man, Keith, yep. is there anybody who works harder in the business than Kenny Albert, especially during like a football, regular football season with hockey and the Stanley Cup and baseball, basketball at the Knicks? The guy's all over the place. He's incredible. Yeah, I mean, he, he's actually the only uh, in the North America, so Canada or, uh, or the United States, uh, that does play-by-play play for all four of the major sports on television so pretty darn cool yeah and he also of course does uh olympic coverage for hockey as well as track so definitely gotta gotta respect kenny albert but uh looking keith at just at hofstra real quick here you know you guys didn't make the tournament so that's definitely good do you can you go around claiming that you are a share of the national champs despite the the fact that the uh the tournament was canceled Yes, 100%. I actually, uh, a, bunch of, uh, a bunch of us had t-shirts made that said Hashta co-national champion because you can't deny the fact uh, they did not lose their final game of the year, which was a tournament, got them into the NCAA tournament. So they are one of the 68 teams that can claim that they are co-national champions. Excellent. So there you have it. <laughs> Keith comes from the, the national champs. Uh, but, you know, Hofstra's been doing a great job with their basketball program. And yes. 
it, it's great to see when the local schools in, in New York uh, are doing well, especially Hofstra and, and St. John's. And if I can, if I can throw this out too, just to show my age, apparently the last time Hofstra made an NCAA tournament prior to this time being invited in was in 2001. I was on that broadcast as a college student down in Greensboro, North Carolina, when Hofstra fell to UCLA in the opening round. Hofstra had a lead in the first half, was leading with nine minutes to play in the second half, and then did not get another field goal the final nine minutes of the game. And ended up losing to that Jason Capono, uh, uh, Barnes, uh, Dan Gadzarich. Um, I think Earl Watson was on that team. So, yeah, it was a good, good UCLA team. There you have it. So, Keith, obviously you're a Long Island native and you're in broadcasting. Was there a moment either when you were in Lynnhurst High School or prior to that when you just said, you know what, I want to totally pursue broadcasting as a career? So I'll tell you this. I'm probably the weirdest broadcast, like, career guy. So I – obviously, I mean, this part's not weird. I always dreamt of either playing shortstop for the Yankees or playing in the NBA. And I was good at both of those sports in high school, varsity player, but never really that much better than that. Maybe could have played uh, college baseball, but I decided I wanted to make a lot of money. So when I went to Hofstra, I was going in as pre-law. I was going to be a lawyer. I was going to attack that field. I loved debating. I loved all that type of stuff. Freshman year, first class I take was a a speech class. You had to take it for pre-law. And the professor was the dean of communications, Dean Drummer. I did my first speech. I was good at it. She said, did you ever think about joining the radio station? And I know that my Hofstra people don't like this next line. But at the time, I didn't even know there was one there. So I was like, oh, I didn't know. She goes, oh, let me just introduce you to a few people. She brought me over to, at the time, it was called Dempster Hall. And I met a bunch of people. I was like, this is cool. I'll put an application in, whatever. So I put the app in. I have to get an interview process. I pass through the interview process. I do the training course, which is for no credit whatsoever. You just have to go through 10 weeks of training, pass two tests at the end of it. If you pass, you are allowed to be on the radio station. So I did all of that. And that summer, I actually changed my major. And then I never looked back. Fantastic, Keith. But don't sell yourself short on basketball. I've seen you throwing down some ferocious dunks on your kids during quarantine. Uh, so uh, I think, I, I think I, you definitely learned from your buddy, Alan Iverson, on uh, some basketball uh, skills. But uh, as, <laughs> as, far as, as far as the broadcasting goes, you know, a lot, a lot of times like we like to do on this show, and it really lines up perfectly with you with what you're doing with Hofstra. We kind of want to you know, walk people through your career to see the journey. And I think this would be definitely helpful for some potential broadcasting students out there. So you come out of you come out of Hofstra. Um, the first thing you're you're doing there is you know you get you get the job with Comcast. Uh, how did you you know I guess essentially make that jump and go from school into your first on-air broadcasting job? So so actually Comcast ended up being like the second or third job. The first one, which kind of helped me. So it's 2001. I'm actually. Uh, a senior in college, I guess it was 2002 then. So I'm actually a senior in college and I had been doing stats work for Cablevision local programming and I kept begging them to put me on the air and they, you know, kept poo-pooing it and they're not going to put a 22-year-old kid on the air, 21, 22, whatever I was at the time. And the day before a high school golf tournament, one of the reporters gets sick. So uh, Sean Mangan, um, he was one of the producers over there calls me and says, hey, what's your, your golf knowledge? And if I'm being brutally honest, it wasn't that 
extensive. It wasn't one of my favorite sports growing up at 21, 22. I barely even paid attention to it. But my response was, it's excellent. Why? He goes, blah, blah, blah is sick. You're doing a report tomorrow on the ninth hole. I'm like, yes. So I go, I do it. I nailed it. And a different producer, this woman, Eileen Shanahan was there and she had hired me on the spot to be on her magazine show. So my senior year of college, I was working there and doing the radio station. And then I was at ABC Sports Radio right out of college. And then that kind of got me into Comcast and a few other things. Excellent. And then obviously, you know, you already did some, a lot of good college uh, sports work with Hofstra. And then you end up with MSG Varsity doing a lot of local uh, high school sports stuff. And, you know, a lot of great names in the industry came through there, I believe. Steve Gelbs, you might have yep. crossed paths with him there. He, you know, he's doing great stuff with the Mets. So not even, I'll interrupt you, not even just cross paths. So Steve Gelbs and I were literally on the first ever uh, game broadcast of MSG Varsity. It was Del Barton versus St. Anthony's played in New Jersey. I was play by play. Steve Levy, who was the backup quarterback for Aaron Rodgers at Cal, was the color commentator. Tara Petrolino was one sideline reporter. She's now uh, a fill-in over at ESPN. And Steve Gelbs was the other sideline reporter who's now at SNY. So, so definitely, a, definitely a big breed, uh, breeding ground there for and Jared Greenberg and, and Jared Greenberg, who's one of the lead uh, NBA TV hosts and now on Turner on TNT, who's one of my, one of my closest friends in the industry. Uh, we went to Hofstra together. He also was, uh, he was the original anchor of the sports desk at MSG Varsity. Incredible. Uh, so you also, you also did some sideline reporting for the Northeast Conference. Uh, Joe and I both are from Staten Island, where the Wagner Seahawks are from. Uh, yeah. What, what is your, you know, and this is, I guess, a more personal question for you is to answer, but, you know, what is your preference when it comes to, you know, doing play-by-play, studio work, or sideline reporting, or do you really just enjoy them all? I know it's cheesy to say, but I really do enjoy them all. And what's been cool about my career is I've had the opportunity to do all of them. And even now, God, 18 years into my professional career, is that where we're at? I can't do math right now. But yeah, something, nearing it on 20 years of a broadcast career, I still get the opportunity to do all of this. Like, you know, before the pandemic hit, I was still doing some play-by-play, fill-in stuff just for fun, really mostly hosting now every once in a while I, I still do sideline for for temple athletics um down for the american athletic conference so if you ask me my my preference i guess right now i'm doing the most studio stuff so probably my favorite thing is studio stuff right now but when whenever i get a taste of doing play-by-play i go oh my god this is i fell in love with that and i do sideline oh i remember i love this so i really love it all and i, I know that's not the answer you wanted but it's it's how i feel no, for sure. And, you know, one of your, one of your jobs, you, you were a voiceover talent uh, doing voiceovers for around the NHL, which I heard around all hockey arenas throughout the NHL, which is really incredible. So, you know, what was your experience like with that? And how difficult was it to make sure you're able to pronounce all these guys' last names correctly? I would say, and that was when I was working for New Line and those NHL voiceovers, like you said, yeah, they would be put into the arenas and then sometimes put on to the actual uh, NHL uh, TV broadcast, like the local broadcast. That was up there with the most difficult job that I've had because it was so rapid fire. Every time there was a goal scored in any game, we had to have 
So the editors are sitting there and it was a whole room of editors. They are cutting together the each feed, like everyone's got their certain game. So literally uh, goal scored by Sidney Crosby, whatever. All right, Penguin score, they're up, they're up 2-1, Keith, be ready. And I got to quickly look, I got to make sure I know exactly what happened on that play, what led to it, and then maybe what happened prior in the game also to get to 2-1. And they would give me a certain amount of time. They would say, all right, you got four minutes to get ready for it. Boom, we're cutting everything. And then they would also then say, this highlight is 17 seconds, spit it all in. And we had to get that out within like the minutes of it. So that was very difficult uh, I would clearly say that is towards the top of, of, of difficulty in jobs. So, Keith, would you say that you were basically doing something similar to what an MLB Tonight was, like rapid yes. fire, trying to get everything out as quickly as possible? Yeah, you know, almost um, kind of like what Matt Yaloff is um, doing, too, with Quick Pitch and MLB. Um, and I filled in on that show too, where you're, you're rapid firing the highlights like that. You got to get them out as quickly as possible. Yeah. Very similar to that. And Keith, during the same time, you're, you're working as a, an anchor for ESPN radio. So I guess at, at that time in your life, you're getting very used to talking in quick minutes and sound bites. Yeah. That was an interesting time too, because at that moment, I want to say I had seven or eight freelance part-time jobs that were using me basically in full-time fashions. Um, there was at one point, I remember distinctively, it was from October until December that I had worked 37 consecutive days in a row. Most of them were multiple jobs in a day. And then I ended up with like a day off and then did, I think it was 17 more in a row, most of the times with multiple jobs in Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package a day and I'm married and at that time had one child I now have two <laughs> incredible uh, <laughs> that's just insane uh, speaking of insane you know the mad dog you did some shows for from mad yes. dog sports radio and it's not anchoring and hosting of course with uh, serious XM a lot of fantasy work uh, did you did you originally did you meet the mad dog back in those times and what was your experience like with him and you know overall how do you enjoy your, your work with serious XM well, it's fun because I'm back at SiriusXM as well. So I started there in 2000 and it was either 2010 or 2011. I was an update anchor, fill-in host for about three, four years before I left for NBC Sports Radio. And now I'm back again uh, as, a, as a part-time host on various channels. But when I was first there, I was mostly doing updates for the morning show, which is the morning men now. But at the time, it was Evan and Steve Phillips and Mike Babchick was, was the producer, not the on-air personality. But I would occasionally fill in other shifts. And I was on Mad Dog's, uh, on, on Russo's show once. And he is every bit of what he is on the air. Like, that is him. Such a genuinely nice guy. And he, he says to me, he goes, so where are you from? You know, and I, I said, I'm from Long Island. And I said, I actually, you know, work for MSU Varsity. Ah, you do, you do. And they, you know, his voice, right? Mm -hmm. We ended up during the break talking about Connecticut sports 
because his son was basketball uh, player. Yes, yeah, no, uh, Norwalk, I believe, um, either Norwalk or New Canaan, and he's like, "Oh, that's amazing!" And we he he goes to go on the air, and I, as an update anchor, would walk out of the studio to go back to my my desk area, and he goes, "Keith, I want you to wait for a second. And we ended up spending 10 minutes talking about Connecticut high school sports, which at the time, I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. I'm just chilling, hanging out with, with the, the mad dog, right? But in hindsight, I go, wow, that must have been terrible radio <laughs> on a national, national sports talk radio. We're breaking down like New Canaan versus Greenwich on the Turkey Bowl game 2009. <laughs> That's amazing. Mike Quick would have loved that whole that segment. Oh, Quickie's the best. Keith, that Mad Dog yeah. impression was pretty good. Uh, you've met a lot of people throughout the years. Uh, are there any other impressions you could do pretty spot on like that or what? Oh, my goodness. Um, I mean, I guess I could do Francesa a little bit, right? I love New, I love New York. I love New York. Uh, next caller. I love New York. <laughs> Keith, maybe, uh, you know, the next, maybe next year or in two years when uh, the Islanders are in their new stadium at Belmont, uh, you and him could be uh, doing some stuff together because you know Francesca's is going to be in the building, obviously. Yeah, I, I'm sure he will actually. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he will be there. He he has gone set, got such an interesting path right now with all of his business business moves, but he is one of the pioneers of, of kind of the reason why a lot of us uh, are able to do what we can do because of Francesca and Russo. Absolutely, no doubt about it. So Keith, you're also you also did an interesting job. I. Uh, here, where you're doing play-by-play for the Nippon Professional Baseball League, yeah. the KHL Russian Hockey League, and the Chinese Basketball Association. So I'm assuming you're somewhere in a booth in the Northeast, and you're up in the middle of the night doing these games. Is that correct? Uh, yes. So that job is no more because that network doesn't exist anymore. It was One World Sports. Um, I believe now there are 11 up. Um, but they don't do things as live anymore. But yeah, when, when I was doing that, it was actually me and Ed Cohen, who's now the voice of the New York Knicks. We were alternating back and forth this. So yeah, so Nippon Professional Baseball League, like dude, literally we would go on the air at one o'clock in the morning and I'm in this little tiny booth with four TV screens in front of me. I've got my on-site producer. And by the way, it was in Connecticut. Sanford, Connecticut is where we recorded it. Um, so I had my, my one producer there. I had a video editor, and then there was like a research assistant. Three people with me, that's it. But when we do this, we're taking the live feed from whether it's Japan or whether it's Chinese basketball or whether it was the Russian Hockey League, KHL, or CHL too, which we did as well, which was European hockey. So we're taking their feed. So uh, imagine that you're doing the broadcast and they just decide to pump in whatever highlight they want I have to react to it. So like for KHL, when we did ska, they were really big into showcasing their cheerleaders. They had dancers and cheerleaders that would go up and down their aisles at an ice hockey rink. And randomly they would just start showcasing their cheerleaders and pull away from the game. And I have to now talk about that. So, so yeah, that was pretty interesting. Was there already instance where, you know, I guess like you say, oh, Shohei Atani comes to America, everyone's like, wow, this guy's incredible. And you were like, well, I already seen him play for many years. I know, I knew exactly what this guy could do. Can we, can we talk about Emmanuel Moutier, who he was the first player to not go to college. He yes. went straight from high school and decided to go to the CBA instead. I was actually on that Chinese Basketball Association broadcast doing the play-by-play 
when he twisted his ankle going up for a layup and then he didn't play again and, and he sat out the rest of the, the CBA. But he was like our marquee, obviously, you know, Stephon Marbury was the real marquee guy. But that season with Moutier making that jump, we basically broadcasted every Emmanuel Moutier game. Yeah, Moutier is, is definitely a, a pioneer here because now you're seeing at least this this year, a lot of the high school athletes have decided they're going to just go and jump to the G League, uh, yeah. which I think for a lot of these athletes is the smart move. Uh, so, Keith, you know, obviously you're, you're pretty much most well-known for your work every Sunday on tops of the pregame show on CBS Sports Network. How did you get into fantasy, and how did you end up becoming the fantasy expert for this awesome uh, show on CBS? It's, it's, it's a dream come true, to be honest. So I, I think, mo- like most of us, I was a, you know, a, a fantasy football player, a fantasy baseball player, a fantasy basketball player. I didn't do hockey as much. Messed around every once in a while. But, you know, as soon as it blew up, I was all in. I was in many leagues and stuff like that. And I had started doing a podcast just for fun in, so this is going on year five, so th- 2014. And I, I was like, you know what, I, I just want to do it for fun. I was doing a 22-minute fantasy football podcast during the football season in 2014. It did well, but there were a, a few executives that happened to come across it. And my, my agent had, had mentioned to me, hey, so, you know, CBS Sports Network is going to be looking for a fantasy expert. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be submitting you in. They know who you are. Uh, they're definitely going to want to meet with you. I'm like, great. So I go in for a meeting. I meet with the, the two executive producers. Um, Deb Gelman is still, is still there. Um, the other, other producer has moved on to just a different role in, in CBS Sports Network. And they would sit down and we just like start having a casual conversation. It wasn't like your typical, you know, prim and proper interview where like I was nervous or anything like that. I mean, I knew that they knew my stuff. So I wasn't nervous about that. Went in and, and there was some quizzy type of stuff like, oh, if this player, this, that, whatever. And I'm always prepared. And I walked out and I, I remember calling my wife and saying, listen, I don't know if they'll definitely pick me for this, but I literally could not have done better in that interview. Like I have never walked out of an interview feeling better than I did in that one. And I guess it was a couple of days later, my agent called me and said, you know, they're going to offer you the job and, and there you go. And then that first season, it was me and Jeff Ratcliffe um, as the, the main fantasy experts or analysts, whatever you want to call them, fanalists, some people say, and John Schriffen was the host of those segments. Schriff has now left. He's still with CBS Sports Network doing sideline reporting, and they slid me into the kind of hosting role of those segments, plus expert, and now me and Jeff do those together as kind of co-hosts and, and fantasy experts. That's awesome. I love that story. Keith, I used to work at CBS Sports. I alluded to it at the, the top yep. of the show. I, uh, I used to do freelance work there, uh, and I used to work the ticker on Saturdays, and very occasionally I would come in very early Sunday. I would stay in the corner of the, uh, the, the bullpen, the very front row all the way to the left. I don't know if you've ever seen me frequented in there. Uh, I've seen a lot of people come through there. One guy in particular you probably know pretty well. Uh, his name is Adam Shine. Now, <laughs> yeah. Anybody who knows or has been around Adam Shine knows that guy is funny as freaking hell. Give me your best Adam Shine story right off the top of your head. 
my best Adam Shine story. Or at least, at least an impersonation, Keith, since you're on a roll with those impersonations. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do an Adam Shine impersonation. Uh, let me. I got to give this some thought. There's, there's a, a lot of good ones. Um, I, I like his interaction with Amy Trask. Uh, this was about three, four years ago. He was. He had fallen in love with. Was it a Kesha song? And it was like a remake of an old song. And Amy was so mad at him that he thought that it was better. It was better than the original. And like playfully, uh, playfully angry. And they just went like back and forth, like joking. And, and he, uh, this is not on tape. This is nowhere. But he ended up singing a little bit of that song in his Adam Shine voice. It was like absolutely like fantastic. And... The other thing I'll say about him is that the the boisterous personality of him, that's not fake. He really is that guy. Like we we get there and we're in that bullpen at 555, 6 o'clock in the morning, and he and he like he loves to like give you a round of applause when you walk in. Doesn't matter whether you're one of his co-hosts, doesn't matter whether you're a producer. Doesn't matter whether you're a showrunner, that's the person that's getting the coffee for people. He really does. And he also gets to know everyone's names too. So it's, it's pretty impressive. And, and I like when I meet people who are at the pinnacle of their careers that aren't a jerk. Uh, let's just put it that way. Like they really are legitimate, legitimately just good people. So the reason why I asked you about the Shine story, Uh-oh. my story is that I bonded with him, believe it or not, in the bathroom. Now, what makes the story even better was that morning was a kind of like uh, pajama theme going on in the office. Oh, my God. That was, oh, New, was New Year's Syracuse New Year's Day. onesie. New Year, that's New Year's Day, 2000 and either 15 or 16. I was wearing the a Tennessee Titans uh, pajama t-shirt and Tennessee Titans blue like flannel pants and they got me Tennessee Titans uh, slipper booties as well yeah I remember that I actually I think I was there I think it was 2017 I believe okay 17 okay yeah. so um but anyway so we're, we're gonna move on to your other uh co-hosts and other people that you work with I myself graduated from Marist, right? So I am a Red Fox. So you may know the direction where I'm going in. Yep. Uh, there's a certain host on your set who is a graduate of Marist. Mm -hmm. Somebody you may know pretty well. Somebody you may have actually been separated at birth with. <laughs> um, and, and you listen, you know you look like him. You know, it's, it's not really like uh, probably a shock to you. But uh, tell me a little bit about Brandon Tierney. Tell me about working with him because I've met him before multiple times. Uh, he's a great guy, great family man, just like you. Uh, share me some, give me some love for, uh, for Tierney, you know. What's it like yeah, working B with him? BT's the best. And it's funny that you mentioned about the, that we look alike. We both joke that we, you know, we DVR the shows and whether it's when we get home if we could sneak it in. Otherwise, you know, that night or the next day, we like skim through just to like our parts um, to, you know, you, you always want to critique yourself. And we both say that there are so many times we stop on each other, like by accident, because we think that, you know, oh, that, 
Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at getarculus.com. Nope, that's not me. Keep going, keep going. Anyway, I, I guess that's partially the bald heads. But uh, BT, I will tell you that uh, he welcomed me and Jeff, who joined the program after they had already been doing the show for three years without us, with, with open arms, as did everybody. But I, I, I remember like BT sending me a, a private message saying how great it is to have me aboard. Like It was a real like heartfelt moment of him just taking a little time out for, for me, which was really cool. And being that we both have children, we both definitely bond over that. You know, he'll randomly come in. He's like, Keith, let, let me just show you. And he'll like show me a video of like his son hitting a baseball or his daughter drawing something. And he'll, he'll ask me, oh, like you said your, your older son had, had that football game this week and had it go. And like, we'll talk about that. And we do discuss gambling as well. And if you follow BT, he, he definitely on like Tiki and Tierney, they do their gambling segments and stuff. So we, we talk about that a lot too. But BT is just, he is another just genuine dude. Like he's the guy that you want to hang out shoot the breeze with and maybe i mean i don't really play golf very much but play some golf you know <laughs> yeah definitely definitely some great people on that show i mean i i worked with chris samus who i think you worked with maybe one season yep. on that show so he was great uh but another place that i worked at with you is the nhl mlb network and incredible people throughout that building tell us about how you ended up getting uh, a position or at least you know audition first with, with the network yeah, I mean, I was in a couple of years ago for an audition, um, and it ended up actually being between me and one other person. They went back and forth for a while, and the other person actually got it. Um, and I was, I was told, "Listen, we want you." And and the minute there's another opening, you're gonna you're gonna get it. And like nine months later, there was an opening. They really did. They hired me. But I, I actually originally thought that I was getting a job for baseball. I thought it was going to be DAZN and MLB Network. And uh, I, I, so I got hired, and, you know, paperwork was signed and stuff like that. And I thought I was, I was getting hired for baseball. But last minute, they switched and said, hey, listen, with your extensive NHL background and calling Russian hockey and doing the voiceovers for the NHL, we actually want to switch you over to the NHL. We're going to move you to NHL Network. And I said, great. So... March of last year, 2019, I, I do my first show, and it, it was it was a blast. Um, I was with um, was I with Bill Lindsay for that one? Um, I, I, whatever, it was a bunch of so many shows, and we just from there it went running. And because I had the baseball background too, the minute they started needing baseball people, I became the you know me and Freddie Loma Lee were probably the top two fill-ins for for change up on Zone. And, and it was great. I ran, ran through that building and, and never stopped. And I can't wait for NHL and MLB to be back so I can start working again. 
Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I believe you told me that, you know, when you first started, Tony Luffman kind of, uh, you know, welcomed you with some open arms. And you know, Tony is just uh, an incredibly, you know, nice, talented guy. And he also has a really extensive acting background. Did they ever tell you yes. about that? Yeah, I do know about that. And, and you're right, Tony. So what they do is, you know, when you're new, they want you to come in and shadow people and, and train. And I shadowed with JMO, with Jameis Coyle, uh, Steven Nelson one day. And then Tony Luffin was actually the, the night before I was going to go live was with Tony. And Tony's shift was done. And we ended up just talking for another, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. And it wasn't even just about like the on-air stuff. We were talking about our families. He had just had a kid. We were talking about our other stuff that we'd done in the industry he went to UCLA. I went to Hofstra. I told you that we, I did that broadcast. He, he's older than I am. So he was, I think he was already gone from UCLA at that time, but we talked about that. It was awesome. And I, I gotta tell you, I, I don't know if everyone feels this way, but I just feel whether it's blessed or lucky to every place I go. And this is not, I'm really not blowing smoke. I, I just get to work with great people. So I don't know if it's, I happen to be lucky that the places I, I've worked at are, or all the people are great, or if other people that complain about people are just complainers, but, but I, I, I can't really complain about the people I work with, my coworkers on air and behind the scenes. They've been just awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll speak to I mean, my experience working on ChangeUp. The people, I mean, Steven Nelson, incredible person. I worked with him in Bleacher Report as well. We had him mm -hmm. on the show. Lauren Gardner, as nice as it gets, we had her on the show. Uh, she's a fantastic person. You got Rog Scott Rogowski, who is just, I don't, I don't know if you're doing any shows with him, but I don't know how you could hold it together. I know Adnan, who we had on the show, always had trouble with Scott because he was just uh -huh. like dead serious, talking baseball, dropping jokes, uh, and it was just hysterical. So any, any thoughts on any of those or better yet, any impersonations Yo. of any of those people? I'm not doing impersonations of them, but I will tell you that Rags is – well, one, he's basically a genius. And, and if you follow his career, HQ Trivia, and I've had him on my podcast as well, and he's going to be hopping on the virtual ring, him and Adnan, uh, I believe we're taping either the end of this month or early July, but he's hilarious. Adnan and I actually got hired on the same day, or at least got like introduced on the same day. So that was kind of cool, and that's a little bond for us. Uh, LG Red, Lauren Gardner, is as prepared as any broadcaster I have met. She is like phenomenal. You mentioned Steven Nelson. Him and I have become friends over the last year and a half as well. And he's he's hilarious and crazy creative and also really smart. Um, I mean, I, I I can go on and on about all these people that I've worked with. But you worked with any of them, and you just said a bunch of it too. They're awesome. So Keith, the other thing that I, you know, I think anybody who's in the building knows this as a fact, and I just want to know what your thoughts on this. Um, you are the second most in shape network employee behind Eric Burns. How, how does that, how does that make you feel? Obviously you're very much into CrossFit. Huh. Uh, are you, are huh. you going for the title? To, are you, or would you say you're more in shape than Eric Burns? I mean, he runs marathons and, and does like the, the Ironman, I believe. So I, I'm going to cede that to him. Um, when I got hired at NBC Sports Radio, and, and I'll, I'll play along just because because you brought that up, one of my buddies, Justin Shackle, who does the PA for uh, the, the New York Yankees sometimes, um, and he does a lot of their video work, 
sent me a text and he goes, how does it feel to be the most in shape, non-former athlete hosting a drive time show in America? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. All right. Well, I guess I got I to gotta stick with it then. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, it's just, it's very, it's very funny stuff. And Heath, you know, you know, what me and you originally bonded over was the challenge at MTV. Maybe you could go on the challenge at some point. I mean, wouldn't that be incredible or if they did some sort of broadcasters challenge, but we both like the challenge. Listen, when, when did you start watching the challenge? I, well, all right. So I watched the real world when I was a kid then I, and I probably wasn't old enough to be watching it because of my sister. She would watch it. I would watch it with her. I got into when it was real world and road rules challenges when it was like early on with that. Yep. And then my wife loves the challenge too. So it's kind of our guilty pleasure. We watched the challenge and we watched Jersey Shore still, both of us. And um, we religiously watch the challenge. We are up to date. We, we can have like educated conversations about seasons and, and, and people on the show. Johnny Bananas has been on two of my shows already. Uh, he was, I had him on right after the Sarah Price, um, you know, thievery. So that was, that was a very fun interview to do. That was a couple of years ago back now. So yeah, I love the challenge. I think we got to get uh, the two guys who worked together this season, Wes and Bananas oh. on the virtual ring. Wouldn't that be something? So it's funny that my wife literally just said that. And I, I was thinking about sending Bananas a, a, a text to, to see if, if he's interested, if him and Wes want to do it. That, that would be must watch. But this season they, they worked together and it was, it was very interesting. And just what, what are your thoughts on like, you know, the, the way they kind of redid the show the last few years with like this infusion of international um, personalities and really going away from the fact where it used to just be you're on the real world or road rules and then you're on the show. But now we don't really have real world anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, I think this was a smart thing to do. At first, at first, what? The crossovers was with the You Are the One, bringing some of those people over. I think that's kind of how Corey got on. And then you had some, some you know, bringing in some of the, the Euros into it as well. At first, I was like, eh, I don't know if I care or not. But, you know, we get the Turbos of the world. We get the Rogans of the world. Um, Jenny now. Like, we get some really cool people that change this. I also... I, like, I kind of like the, the way this is deviated from it was just a, a party show, let's drink and hook up as much as possible. And, and oh, yeah, there's, there's a couple of challenges that'll happen. To now, like, they all, besides CT, uh, they all, like, go all out on being physical freaks. They want to be as jacked as possible. They, when, when someone like D wasn't able to swim very well, she's training with Wes to try to figure out how to swim three seasons ago. Like, I think that's kind of cool. It made it more of a, a real competition as opposed to let's just watch some train wrecks and see what happens. Yeah, and the other person who doesn't really train was Veronica, and she came back. Uh, it's totally different now. Yeah. But, Keith, what if, we did a, if they did an NHL network for us, MLB network uh, – or just overall challenge, who do, you, who do you think would be the favorite there? It's got to, it's got to be you and Eric Burns, right? Scott Braun, too. Scott Braun's in good shape. Absolutely. Um, Rogowski yeah, can run for days, so who knows? Ra Rags, can, Rags can run for days. Uh, J-Mo played either high school or early college hockey. I know he's, he's pretty athletic. Steven Nelson, I've seen him swing a bat. I've seen him, uh, you know, hit a hockey puck. 
He's pretty athletic as well. Lauren Gardner likes to brag about how she was the number three batting oh, average. Softball um, player in Colorado, yeah. Yeah, in Colorado. Very um, very I, talented I met, group. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think, like, you know, if we take Eric Burns out of it, if we take the actual former professional athletes, I think there's a fair amount of hosts at MLB Network, NHL Network, DAZN, that, that are not just there because we can memorize stats. What about Jackie Redman? Oh, yeah. Jack, Jackie, I, I've seen her. <laughs> You're going to forget I've about Jackie? Her, no, I've seen her skate before. EJ, EJ can, I've seen EJ play some hockey too. Yeah, see, that's the problem with you asking me this question. It's like asking you who your right. favorite child is or your favorite, <laughs> you know, favorite friend, and then you forget to mention one thing and you get called out on it. No, we, we have a good group. All right. Don't sleep on Matt Yalf. I think, I think the guy could, could, could definitely uh, put on a show. But I'm not going to ask you your favorite child, but I'm going to ask you, what was your favorite – real world season my personally was austin i thought that was a, a phenomenal season but most people usually say back to vegas uh, now nah, the train wreck back to vegas show wasn't my favorite i actually kind of like um the original brad season was fun when when he made that comment about like hey, what if we started training what so is the world's gonna just end up having monkeys here and they're gonna be jumping around <laughs> um that was a that was a fun one like the og episodes were pretty cool with puck and all of them yeah. Um, uh, France was good. That's where that's where we got CT and Adam from. That was good. And then CT and Adam, that scene where CT was just like raging and wanting to beat up Adam, and I think he actually did punch him. Um, yeah, he uh, he attacked him quite a few times on the challenge. But yeah, so the challenge. Eat your heart. <laughs> yeah, Joe Keith is incredible. He's impersonations. I think we got to have him back just yeah, doing yeah, the first. Right? I think we're gonna have Keith on as Mike Francesa next week. I mean, <laughs> I love your show. I love your show. Next caller. <laughs> All right. So, so Keith, with the challenge, uh, I gave you some pr- time to prepare on this. Give me your top five challenge competitors of all time. All right. So I, I didn't realize you were going to, you know, let the cat out of the bag, but you gave me time to prep. All right. So fine. I'm going to give you my honorable mentions first, and then I'm going to give you my top five list. Okay. So my honorable mentions, and now are we doing this top five because they're great or overall? However you formulated your list, you could just cool. let us know which way you want. So I'm going to go like overall factors in this. Camilla is an honorable mention. I know she's no longer allowed on the show because she, you know, apparently beat up a, a PA or allegedly beat up a PA, whatever it was. But when the Camillinator was out and she was drinking, when she did the, you're going to die, like that was amazing. Uh, Kenny Santucci was awesome until he had his issues and got kicked off the show as well. But he was a, a big time winner. Landon wasn't on enough shows to, to be for this, but I think he was on four seasons and either won three or went to three finals. So he would be someone to be mentioned. Ev was insane. Evelyn, uh, what a great athlete, but she stopped doing the show as well. The Miz, Joe, you mentioned you mentioned the Miz. He was amazing, but also didn't do enough seasons. You've got Laurel, who originally was like the beast of beasts, but lately is has gone off to a little different end. So she's on my honorable mentions. We go OG Derek, who just came back two seasons ago and still proved he can make it to a final. Darrell, who was maybe one of the more athletic guys that has ever done this. But the problem with Darrell is he also didn't do enough seasons. So those are my honorable mentions. Let's go into my top five. All right. First, I will ask, Nick, what do you think of those honorable mentions? See, I think that's really solid. Um, I would also put 
uh, Evan in there, but maybe you have him in your top five. I'm not sure. Also kicked off the show. Uh, the, the Miz, though, I, I have to put in the top five just because without him and the other guys you're about to name, I don't know where the franchise would be right now. And he's by far the most successful guy to ever come out of the, yes. the real world uh, franchise. And I know Joe, Joe loves the Miz as well. I do. I do. So, all right. So I, I, that's why I'm going to mention those guys were all there. I mean, honestly, if you go recency bias, Jordan could be on this list too because of even with the disability um, you know, there, there is a storyline there too. All right. Number five, I go, Emily, three seasons, three finals, one win. She's been featured as like fittest female in the world or, or in America in a magazine. Again, she didn't, she wasn't on enough seasons to be really number one, number two, number three, but in her brief stint, I think that she changed the game Again, I, I said it before, I love the fitness aspect of this, and I think she was a big reason why. Number four is the ultimate cocky guy you just mentioned before. It's got to be Wes. I know he only has the two real wins um, and, and five finals that he's been in, but he is so important to the game, like the whole politicking and playing possum and all of these, these phrases have kind of come because of him. Number three I might be a little recency bias, but I think that her rise from get, losing right away and then being the butt of all the jokes and getting picked on all the time and having people dump like drinks all over her and having her crazy moments to, to winning and getting into lots of finals. Cara Maria, two wins and 13 elimination victories. And I, I think that she has gone through so many twists and turns or dating Abe and then um, who's she dating now? I'm blanking on the guy's name. She is dating um, the little guy. The Paul, little guy, Polly. Yeah, Polly. Polly. Yes. So Polly. All right. So that leaves me with number one, number two. So sorry, Evan didn't make my list. Uh, number two is CT because three wins. I think you you go from the turn of him being angry meathead dude that was absolutely shredded, and every female loved him because he was the bad boy. And he's you know, a good-looking guy and in great shape. Then the, the DM storyline with him dating her. And, and I know every time you watch anything, they do the scene where she takes off her wig for him. And it's the first time she does that when she was battling cancer. And then even with her passing away and, and that angle for CT's character as a, as a TV personality, then leaving the show for a little bit and then returning with the dad bod and not only competing well, still winning, and people still being afraid to go against him. So I think, like, the, the whole, if this was a movie or TV show where these are fake characters, the character arc for CT has been insane. Yeah, I mean, just, number, to, just, to, just before you get to number one, who we know we're yeah. pick, but for CT, I mean, we're wrestling fans, me and Joe. The ultimate face turn with CT. Everyone yes. hated him. He turned face. One of my favorite seasons was actually when uh, – it was rivals and him and Wes won. I mean, that was just an incredible season. Yes. And they became lifelong friends. Uh, so, you know, obviously. <laughs> At the end when he's, he's like, are we friends now? Are we buddies now? Are we friends now? Yep. <laughs> when he's like, mess. <laughs> yeah. And, and number one, you're right. It's, it's, you know where I'm going. It's Johnny Bananas. He's got six wins up until uh, Ashley had taken the money from Hunter. Johnny had won the most money on the show. And if you go, if you say the Miz has the most successful career off of the challenge bananas would be number two he's on 
other reality shows. He's on that cooking show on, on the Food Network, the worst the worst cooks in America right now. Yep. He hosts a show on, on NBC, uh, The Look. Yeah, First Look, yeah. Um, and, and he's been on, you know, Barstool and all of those types of shows as well. So I think he's done a good turn. It is interesting that since he took the money from Sarah, he has not made it to another final. And a lot of people like to talk about the curse, that he's been cursed now. So overall, a solid list. I really love Landon as an honorable mention because if he kept doing them, I, I think he would have just piled up the wins. Yeah. There's one glaring omission here from your honorable mention and, and top five list, and that is the godfather of Road Rules and the Challenge, Mark, Mark Long. I knew, I, you, it, it, I knew you were going to say that. And, and it's funny that as I finished my honorable mention list and it went into my top five, I realized I left him off. He is another one. Did you see there was a recent article uh, that he alluded to the fact that he'd be willing to dust things off again and come back one more time if it wasn't for such a, a rigorous, like, shooting. Like, he, whatever he's doing right now in his career, he's hosting stuff. He, he doesn't feel like he can give away six weeks or eight weeks of his life to go for this, but he wants to. And I saw a recent picture of him. Dude is still in great shape. He's jacked. Yeah, so Keith, I don't know if you follow up on anything that The Ringer does. They have amazing content. But uh, a couple weeks ago, they were doing uh, all their bracket stuff in the midst of, like, the fallout from March Madness and not having anything right to do. So they did a reality show uh, character star bracket. And I remember Johnny Bananas made it all the way to the end, but he was an 11th seed at the beginning. And I know there was a lot of disrespect and a lot of hate on Twitter thrown The Ringer's way because Bananas was – was too unfairly seated. So I don't know yeah. if you were ever into that or anything, but I know, I remember it was a big topic of discussion. So, I, you know, actually, I actually missed that. He, he took I mean, out every Jersey yeah. Shore cast member. I was, I was very surprised. Because, <laughs> you know, Ron, like, they, they changed terminology. I love that you love Jersey, Jersey Shore, Keith. Just love it. Oh, yeah. We could talk about the sitch. Yeah, we could talk about all of them. <laughs> yeah, buddy. So, Keith, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have mentioned a lot, a lot of talent in the last 45 minutes or so. A lot of people very well known in the sports world that you have worked with. Uh, but let's, let's let them slide for a second here. You know, we can include family here. We can include friends in this. This is a very, very hard industry to work with. You said it to yourself before. Uh, there was a stretch where you had worked 37 days working multiple jobs, mostly freelance jobs, nothing really full-time. Had a day off, worked another 17. Uh, very vigorous. A lot, of, a lot of the things that we do, we, we make a lot of sacrifices. And, and mentally, it can get exhausting. So uh, my question to you is, it's kind of personal, but I think it's very, very important. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received your entire life or what was the best conversation you ever had with somebody that made you uh, basically into the person that you are today? I definitely can't give you just one. I'll give you a few. Um, when let, Let's go back to when I made the decision that I was going to try to go for, go to become a broadcaster, uh, my freshman, end of my freshman year of college. I, I remember sitting down and my sister, who's a little bit older than me, um, she said to me, she goes, I don't know much about broadcasting, but... I'd imagine that it's going to be really difficult to do because everyone loves sports. She said, if you're going to do this, I think you need to go full out and just give up all the other things in your life and really go forward for it. I remember, and that's always stuck with me. I remember speaking with both my mother and my father 
who were always in my corner. And, and if I brag for a second, I did really well academically in school and they both really wanted me to go the law path originally. But when they saw the passion I had for broadcasting, they too said to me, whatever you need to do, wherever you need to move, we would miss you if you moved, but you do what you need to do and you follow your dream. And I thought that was amazing. And I also remember early on dating my wife when I was a struggling broadcaster. You know, I was working, but nothing, nothing major, nothing on the national level. I, I kind of jokingly made a comment that, you know, I'm probably not going to make a lot of money or make it big till I'm in my 40s. And she said, I don't care. And after we got married, I don't believe, and I'm actually going to strike that, there is zero chance that I would be where I am in my career if I did not have my wife in my corner. Like everyone says, like, behind every strong man, there's a, a, a stronger woman. She's not behind me. So we stand next to each other. Like, all the, all the cheesy ways that you can say it. But it, it is, it's, it's 100% true. If it wasn't for the belief in my abilities by my wife, Early on, when I wasn't making a lot of money and I was working all those crazy jobs, who's to say if she wouldn't have said, you know, you really should try to just get a desk job and get a full-time job so that we can like pay bills easier and not have to worry. She never did that. She never made any ultimatums. She always said, I believe in you and I know you're going to make it. And, and luckily, I, I mean, I feel like I have. And I would simply say that Family-wise, I could not have done it without any of them. And I want to give one more shout-out to my mentor, uh, Ed Ingalls. Um, he is a legend in the industry, mostly CBS Sports Radio. He passed away earlier this year in, in February. Um, he was our professional resident at WRHU at Hofstra University. And he's the first person that kind of took me and many of the other Hofstra people under, under his wing. And even until, you know, his last couple of, of months, in this world, he would, he would reach out randomly, send emails, and, and I'm still friends with, with his daughter as well, um, who I was at college with. So I, I'd like to give a shout out to Ed Ingalls as well. But without all of those people, I don't believe that I would be where I am. Keith, usually when we're on the show, we have our guests give the last word. But I honestly think what you just said speaks for itself. I think that was amazing. I think you're an awesome guy. I think you're a lot of fun. I think this was a lot of fun. And I honestly, couldn't have imagined this going any better. So, you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for coming on. We really, really enjoyed your time. You know, I hope everything goes back to normal soon. Thanks again for doing this. We got to do it again, man. You guys are the best. Whenever you need me, you let me know. I, uh, I, I'm down if you want to talk some more uh, reality TV as well. I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> Keith, it's been an absolute pleasure. We look forward to having you back as Mad Dog or Mike Francesa to talk to you sure, because that would just be – Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, uh, guys. Yeah, guys. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> hey, welcome to the show. There you have it. Everybody, make sure you check out Keith's current show, Virtual Ring, on his YouTube page. It's, it's incredible. And for Keith and for Joe, I'm Nick. Thank you for listening to another episode of You Know I'm Right.
Get running this fall at Dunkin' with $2 medium iced coffees from 2 to 6 p.m. Try any of Dunkin's delicious iced coffee, like their signature original blend. Or treat yourself to mocha, caramel, or the fall favorite, pumpkin. Always freshly brewed, made just the way you like it. Make time for happy hour and enjoy a $2 medium iced coffee from 2 to 6 p.m. Washington, D.C. runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.